Terra incognita speculative fiction. Terra incognita speculative fiction. Welcome to this month's Terra Incognita Australian Speculative Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Stevenson. Put simply, Terra Incognita is the best Australian speculative fiction read by the authors who created it. And please visit tisf.com.au for links to our featured authors' website and publications. This month's writer is horror and dark fiction god Chuck McKenzie. Chuck has been around for yonks, has won heaps, will no doubt win heaps more, and as well as being a bitching DJ, he writes a mean and sometimes funny horror story, which is what you're about to get in his tale for TISF. A story about that kind of day when everything goes wrong, when everything's against you and nothing you do is right, and you feel just like a bug underfoot. So when I finally get down to Centrelink, I find it's been trodden on the previous day. Piles of shattered masonry surround a giant paw-shaped depression where the building used to be. There's a security guy standing out front, guarding what? So I asked him which big beast he did it. He says he doesn't know, and his expression says he doesn't care. I tell him I've come to fill out a doll form. He says I can't do it here. I say, well, obviously, but can you tell me where I'm supposed to go now? He says he's fucked if he knows. I suggest he uses his walkie-talkie to ask someone who does know. He suggests I fuck off. Prick. At least he's being paid to do fuck all. I'm taking out insurance on the next regular DJ gig I land, instead of assuming my employer's covered for damage by giant monsters. Act of God, my ass. I walk all the way back to the flat. Shitbox car needs a new engine. Could have taken the bus, but that $3.50 might be buying me lunch next week. Should only be an hour-long walk, but when I get to Annandale, I find it's in the process of getting stomped, with the army blocking access and redirecting traffic all the way out to Balmain. Up ahead, I can see the beastie, something like a T-Rex with tentacles, striding back and forth through the local shopping district, back and forth, left to right. Beastie chased by helicopters, helicopters chased by beastie. Don't recognise it. Might be a new one. I try chatting up the officer manning the roadblock, Any chance I could slip through? Beastie's not likely to notice a lone pedestrian. She says it's against orders. Translation, we don't want your next of kin to sue. So I take the two-hour detour, grinding my teeth as the noise of the Beastie's rampage slowly fades into the distance. Can someone just tell me where the fuck they're coming from? Bastards appear out of nowhere, rampage through an improbably localised area, then vanish. Last month, the scientists were talking about wormholes to alternate universes, Before that, it was genetic engineering. Wish they'd just admit they don't have a fucking clue and concentrate on swatting the fuckers. Dad blames the Japanese. For everything. There's another bill shoved under the door when I get back, like they think I'll ignore it if they put it in the letterbox. Still can't bring myself to call this place home. A dark, mouldy, six-by-six-metre hole with fleas in the carpet. And now I can't even afford the lousy $150 a week it costs to rent this shithole. Just one thing makes it worth being here. Tina. Only been going out for three weeks, still at the never-stop-shagging stage, and she's already moved in. I could use some stress relief right now. Talk afterwards, get things off my chest. Great girl. But she's got a shift at the salon today, won't be back until after seven. Still, gives me a chance to take stock of my finances, something I should have done as soon as I got retrenched. So, I know I've got about $200 left in my bank account, $5 in my wallet, 
Thought I had about $20 in change stashed in the kitchen drawer, but there's nothing there now. I must have frittered it away somehow. Practically broke. So, with no idea when I'm next going to be able to put in for a dole application, I figure it's time to hit the parents for a loan. Not before looking at every other possible option first, of course. I've already pocked most of my valuables. I'd consider working as an escort, because I hear the money's good, but I know what Tina would say. Old-fashioned girl, and I love her for it. Love. Well, if it feels right. So it's the parents. And honest to God, I would rather stick needles in my eyes than make this call. But I'm desperate. I haven't used the phone in a week and I'm surprised to find it's still working. Then I remember it's the power that's on final demand. The phone's on reminder. And the gas isn't due for two weeks. Haven't lived in a place fitted with gas before and I don't like it. It's bad enough that the service gets shut down every time the pipeline gets stomped. But the next time some fire-breathing beastie strolls past, the whole place could go up. The building superintendent, an old guy living downstairs, reckons the agent's been promising to switch to electricity any day now. Sure. And then the rental skyrocket to cover the cost. The call to Melbourne takes bloody ages to get through. A recorded voice waffles on about how they're experiencing delays due to circumstances beyond their control, which is obviously code speak for some fucking huge mutant reptile just burned our exchange to the ground. But eventually the phone rings. Dad answers. Mum, I can get around without too much of a lecture, but Dad's a tough nut. Lately, he seems to expect me to fuck up, as if I ceased to be an adult the moment I left his field of supervision. So I just get straight to the point and ask for a loan, promising to pay him back ASAP. Well, he says, it's not as if we have that sort of money just lying around, and you never paid back the removalist fee to Sydney. Ow. We both know he's never getting that money back. Listen, I say, I am looking for work. There's just nothing available at the moment. All the local clubs have resident DJs booked already. But Sydney's a party town. Something will turn up. Local papers are full of ads for waitstaff. I imagine it's the same in Sydney. Boom. The room shakes slightly. Sirens begin to wail in the distance. Look, if I've got to wait tables to pay the rent, that's fine. I lie. But until I find a waiting job, I still need a loan. Boom. A sigh. How much did you say you needed? I tell him again. Hmm. Just about enough to pay off your debts and get back home, where we can keep an eye on you. Boom! Car alarms are going off nearby. It's like talking to a brick wall. He's always been like this. It doesn't matter what I say, nothing's going to change his view. So we argue around in circles, going over the same ground again and again until I blow my top. But I need that loan, so I try to keep my cool. Dad, I can't just move back to Melbourne. I live in Sydney now. Lame. Something's bound to come along soon. Boom! Plaster dust trickles from the ceiling. So what now? Maybe the famous, if only you'd worked harder at school speech, or if only you'd put away some savings before moving out. But instead, Dad asks what all the noise is at my end. I tell him. He goes quiet for a moment, then tells me I'm always welcome back home and he'll transfer the funds right away. Thanks, Dad. Gotta go. Can't afford these STD calls right now. I hang up, angry and ashamed. Boom! The floor rolls under my feet. An ear-splitting screech rattles cracked panes. Against my better judgement, I step to the window and catch a glimpse of the beastie as it strides past the flat. Not the Annandale smasher, but about the same size, big as an office block. Massive legs pound holes in the road. Upper limbs wave spastically like some nightmare Thunderbird's puppet. Rage-reddened eyeballs roll above a slavering snaggletooth maw. Noxious secretions bubble between immense scales. Dog-sized parasitic insects skitter across heaving flanks. The smell is overpowering. 
sickly sweet and cloying like the reptile house of the zoo. Fighter jets roar overhead. The beastie screams again. A long spiked tail lashes out and I jump back. Crunch! The building shakes, powdered masonry fogging the air. And then it's gone. Boom! Quieter now. The stench fades, but now there's another smell, heady and choking like methylated spirits. Shit! I throw open the window, then check the stove, but I can't tell whether it's leaking or not. The smell slowly dissipates, but I'm still rattled. Do I need to call someone? Tina would know what to do. Maybe one of the neighbours. I open the front door. Most of the other tenants are out on the stairwell already. The super's just coming back inside to tell everyone the beastie's moving away towards Liverpool Road. Everyone nods, retreating back into their hovels without comment. The old guy catches my eye. Close one, eh? Tarakas, he's a nasty one. He smiles self-consciously. Grandkids collect the trading cards. I think I've got a gas leak. Want me to give the gas company a call? Cheers. I nod and start to close the door. Shame about the building, eh? Yeah, still, could have brought the whole place down, eh? No, I mean... Oh, he squirms. Do you not get the letter from council? I shake my head. I probably did, but I always bin council correspondents, usually campaign crap anyway. Why? What's up? They're going to knock the building down, cracks in the foundations, from all the monsters stomping around, not for safe anymore. The situation suddenly feels unreal, like I'm having a bad dream. But what happens to us? He shrugs. I've lived here 25 years, you know. Yeah, well, I say, and begin to shut the door again. Oh, by the way, he says quickly, there were some gentlemen here earlier, asked me to tell you. Debt collectors, fucking great. I shut the door. Fuck, fuck! The phone rings. Christ, what now? It's the cops. Do you know a girl called Tina Ashton? The back of my neck begins to prickle. She's my girlfriend, is she okay? Ah, listen, mate, we've arrested her in connection with a series of thefts and frauds. Boom! My lip curls involuntarily. Nah, listen, there must be some kind of mistake. Yeah, you're about the fifth bloke I've heard that from. We've been after her for ages. Moves in with a bloke, gives him some tall story about his circumstances, then pisses off with his cash. Boom! Had any money go missing? Checks? I, I... I don't know. Could you take a look for me? I put the phone down and pull my checkbook out of the suspiciously change-free kitchen drawer. The book looks intact. I smirk with relief. Then I notice a sliver-thin gap at the back of the tightly bound stack of checks. My throat constricts. I flick to the back of the book. A single telltale fleck of paper peeks out from the spine, where several checks have been torn out, stub and all. Boom! I pause, feeling nauseated. My head seems to spin. Then I pick up the phone again. Uh Thought so, says the cop. Probably drawn against your account with a forged signature. Better check with your bank. I bet she's cleared you out. His voice drones on, but my ears are full of white noise. Boom! Need you to come in and make a statement. Tears are streaming down my cheeks. You there, mate? I draw a shuddering breath. I, I mean, are you sure? I was going to meet her folks next week. The cop laughs explosively. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, oh, sorry, mate. I'm not laughing at you. It's just that we've been after this girl for that long and some of the bullshit stories she's been telling. Her folks are dead, mate. Died when Wollongong got stomped. Boom. So when do you reckon you could come in and make a statement? With the car out of commission, I beg a lift. Sure, mate, we'll get someone over tomorrow. I pause. By the way, I, I know this is a personal question, but... 
You have been sleeping with her, haven't you? Yes. Okay. Look, um, you should get an AIDS test. I can't think of anything to say. Boom! The room trembles as I hang up the phone. My heart pounds, breath coming in short, sharp gasps. Numbness grips me, adrenaline icing my veins. I feel light-headed and weak. The room seems to fade, patchy contrasts of light and shade pressing in, muffling the outside world. Boom! A dull shriek pierces the fog. The window darkens, helicopters buzz angrily overhead. The smell of alien flesh and petroleum combines to nauseating effect. I loved her. Only three weeks, but now... It hits without warning, like a tsunami. Rage, white heat burns my face. I stagger, trying to scream, choking as my mouth fills with spittle. I want to tear the room apart. I want to crush. I want to destroy, kill, until everything lies in ruin, until the pain goes away. But the rage is too great. I writhe impotently under its weight, unable to move, unable to breathe. Boom! The impact releases me, shrieking my hatred. I run to the door, slam it open, pound down the stairs to the street and out into the middle of the road. I stand there, shaking uncontrollably, mucus bubbling from my eyes, nose and mouth, hulk in trendy club wear, roaring defiance at this shit heap of a world, fists clenched, ready to lay waste to all below me. Come on, you fuckers! You fucking bastards! Come on, come on, I'll fucking kill you, you fucking bastards! The beastie looms over me unconcerned, perhaps not even aware, as if I were a bug underfoot. The thought enrages me beyond all reason. I scream again, ready to sink my nails into reptilian flesh. This, I suddenly realise, is the beastie's secret. Rage, raw emotion, providing power enough to move monsters through time and space, to fuel rampages through brick and mortar and steel, to shield against the arsenals of humankind, the agonies of everyday life. I grin savagely, glaring upwards, arm thrown wide in open challenge. Have a go, you fucker! Come on, have a fucking go! I'll rip your fucking head off! Come on, do your fucking worst! A mighty foot descends, blotting out the world. This month's review book is The Spectrum Collection, an ebook anthology of dark speculative fiction published by Dark Continents Publishing. Dark Continents Publishing is not your average publisher, though it's indicative of a growing trend to self-publish fueled by the rise and rise of ebooks and easy-to-use internet publishing sites like Smashwords. As a result, the normal channels of publishing have been thrown wide open. The gatekeepers, that is mainstream publishing, are no longer even nominally in charge of what you, the reader, can sample in the massive ebook trade. Of course, with greater volume of published works and easier means to get your work to the reading public, this will inevitably lead to a huge rise in the amount of substandard poorly written material that you might shell out two or three dollars US for. Now more than ever, it's a case of caveat emptor. But it's not all doom and gloom. There are collectives, such as the group behind Dark Continents, who actually possess a goodly number of good writers, and the tales in the Spectrum collection are on the whole readable, in many respects enjoyable, and, as with any anthology, there are some gems among the stories on offer. In particular, 
John Prescott's alternately light-hearted and nasty tale of goat revenge in Goat Curry, and Tracy McBride's chilling take on a future remembrance Sunday that is far more visceral than the plight marches we experience today. Other standouts are Simon Kurt Unsworth's The Elms Morecambe, which is a nicely balanced evocative piece about a personal haunting that still gives me chills just thinking about it. John Irvin's My Sister Doesn't Live Here Anymore is another kind of haunting and poetically told. And the anthology ends with another Prescott piece, The End of Leonard Bangston, which more than compensates for the price of admission. A visceral, gory, heart-rending, but ultimately transformative end of the world story, I kid you not. Some of the story choices reveal that this is the product of a writer's collective rather than a more traditionally edited anthology. For example, the similarities between the haunted kid-type stories in both Lemonade and Lost probably would mitigate against them both appearing in a non-collective anthology, and certainly not one after the other in the table of contents. But that's a minor point. The Dark Continents group are a talented bunch, and their gaze is broad enough to cover a variety of story types and flavours. And at $1.99 US, it's a steal. Three stars. The Spectrum Collection is published by Dark Continents Publishing and is available on Smashwords. You have been listening to Terra Incognita Australian Speculative Fiction Podcast. Visit tisf.com.au for links to the featured author's websites and for details of the publications. Stories are copyright by the author. Book reviews are copyright Keith Stevenson, 2011. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 2.5 Australian license. See our website for details. Please tune in next month for another podcast of the best Australian speculative fiction read by the authors who created it.